everyone, welcome to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we're diving back in, and some of us aren't super happy about it. <laughs> but how was your week? My week, actually, since our last recording, was really, really good. <laughs> brief! Right, yeah, it was very <laughs> brief. Uh, there was a horrible accident involving, where a dear friend was injured, uh, involving some very hot uh, Thai curry. Oh, yeah. I poured Thai curry on myself. Um, it was not part of some sort of ritual. No. It, it was... Um, it was an accident an that accident. required showering. And I think I'm still a little um, pink. <laughs> yeah, and it also involved uh, several washings of of your clothes. Oh, you think I mind if my, cur- my clothes smell like curry? Because I do not mind <laughs> if my clothes smell like curry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that... that that's the, what happened. It's the high and low point of our weeks. Yes, uh, it was a very short. So <laughs> I shall say, I shall peek, give a peek behind the corner curtain, the corner, around the corner, behind the curtain, you know, where we hide stuff. Uh, it's one day since we did our last recording. Mm-hmm. I am going to be out of town next weekend, and so we're trying to get ourselves in a position so that I'm not apologizing on a Thursday. Yeah. I hate apologizing on Thursday. No, no, we're very efficient here. So at our fireside production center. With no fire. Yeah. Wah, wah. We're not doing a great job. It's Sunday. It's Oscar Sunday. Oscar Later Sunday. I will be live tweeting the Oscars, I think. Wow, that'll be fun. That's my plan. We'll see yeah, if it it's happens. It's gonna be a very interesting Oscars. I think it's going to be a train wreck, and I look forward to right, it. Well, yes. So, in the meantime, we're going to uh-huh. talk about uh, Episode 7, Season 1, Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. We are making the turn towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. so we're getting some answers. No, not really. Uh, and we, this episode was called Six Degrees of Separation. For there was right. no Will Smith <laughs> and no Stalker Channing. So, I am colored disappointed. <laughs> So I am colored and disappointed. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> he did that. I didn't do that. I did. That. I said it. <laughs> so you, at the end of this episode, said what? Oh, I, I, I hated it. <laughs> I really did. This is the first time I've actually just hated an episode of the show. I've been on board pretty much, but I, I didn't hate this episode, and I, mean, I actually liked a lot of what this episode did. I also fully understand your distaste. Right. Well, I'm, I'm pretty in mind of like Roger Ebert and James Siskel when they were reading things, when they didn't like something, Roger Ebert in particular would just go, I hate, hate, hated this movie. I'm like, okay, well. Jeez. Right. <laughs> there was so much. Maybe it wasn't for you, right. but yes. So, so let's start where we start most episodes, mm-hmm. which is on Caprica. Okay. Boomer and Hilo are back together. We know it is 24 days since the end of mankind. Mm-hmm. As they know it. And they do not feel fine, but they will feel fine by the end of this. So they're stranded on Caprica. It's been, what well, was 17 days last time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been about a week. It's 24 days is what it's listed Right, as. but I'm just saying since yeah. the last time we saw them, her her face is healing nicely. She still has a shiner, but every mm-hmm. uh, otherwise looks beautiful. Right. And uh, they're going to get some Zs, and they flip a coin. He's real bad at flipping. Hilo flips a coin terribly. 
I don't know if he's bad at business. I'm hoping he's or better, if he's never done this before. Better at piloting ships and uh, than he is at flipping coins. Yes, because it it looked ridiculous. I was like, right. you didn't want to do a second take on that. Right. <laughs> it's it's the Ed Wood school of that's wasting film. A person in real life might flip a coin badly. You know, uh, is is rough. Realism um, on Battlestar says Galactica. that it's heads when she mm-hmm. says heads, and he goes heads. You when you take a nap, and she's like. Um, oh, no, you need to sleep more than I do. And mm. then they have a fight about how he won't do that because he'd do anything for love, but he won't take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> then he pours out his heart about, I know that you and the chief were together, but I've always loved you. Mm. And then kissy kissy, sexy sexy, the back of her lights up like a fucking Christmas tree and nobody yes. notices. Once again. What? Apparently. Gratuitous toaster fracking. The back of these humanoid Cylons lights up when they are aroused? Uh, No, no, I think it's possibly a sign that they've reached that point of Why would they have that? I don't know, and as you pointed out, it really limits the number of positions you can take. I don't begrudge a Cylon an orgasm, but why does a Cylon... Your orgasm shaming the toaster. Why can they do that? Is that a defect? It's weird. And also it proves that the Cylons never do it doggy style, at least the females... In a mm. receiving position. So then the, that was the gross. surefire sorry, test <laughs> for finding hidden toasters, all right, is fracking them. Yes. Because... But from behind. From so behind. that you can see yes. if like, their spine uh, lights up. <laughs> this is, I wonder if that also works for the male ones having their prostate. Uh, you wouldn't want to put your face close to someone's prostate. Word? No, not their face. Good I'm saying, does their spine light up? And the mm. only way that you're going to see that is from is from behind. Behind, so yes. it's a prostate stimulation situation. Okay. Just trust me on this one. All right. Don't worry I, I about will. it. I'm not going to think too hard about it. So this is why Cylon porn is not very popular. But but Hilo does not notice. Well, he, As we assume, right. the chief has never noticed, or maybe. Here's if I'm a Cylon and uh-huh. I know my spine's going to light up, and we don't want people to be aware of that. Maybe I just do it with my shirt on, especially since we're in the rain. Mm-hmm. I could just leave my shirt on. Yeah, I don't see why you had to be completely naked in this very cold environment. But then again, uh, there's just a lot of female nudity on this show, especially in this episode. Right. So that's happening down on the planet. So I guess Hilo both passed the test and uh-huh. failed the test. He passed the Cylons test and failed the humanity test. Doing great. Well, he doesn't know that he's betraying the human race. No, he doesn't. But now do they think that he's going to be very much like Baltar at, at the whim mm-hmm. of his... Well, Baltar knows that he's being controlled by the Cylons, and that just makes him a dick. Um, right. But I'm saying that when it started, he didn't know it was Cylons that uh, were controlling his movements. It was right. just a woman. Guys, this is a Baltar-heavy episode, and I think that's why Lemuel doesn't like it. Oh, no, there's also, a, there's it doesn't a, make a huge amount of sense. It's also really, really derivative. Oh, is it? Which now, I is don't it like. derivative? 
It is derivative. There is a a film, 1987 film. Oh, okay, that yeah, I that's before to like 2005. <laughs> very much called No Way Out. It's one of the few Kevin Costner movies I really championed. He and Sean Young in it. The climax of this episode is beat for beat, and even the plot twist is taken directly from that film. So I knew exactly what was going to happen. Going, he's going to walk in there. He's going to try to destroy the computers. He's going to try to stall for time. It's, it's okay. Like, well, let's let's yeah. Let's, yes. let's, let's let's go on and. All right. So, here we come face to face with the problems of having a walking hallucination that follows you wherever you go. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that hallucination is not a hallucination. And there were several points when the words out of Viltar's mouth should have had him locked up. Right. Uh, so we start, Baltar is in his, ha- in his head in mm. the house that often these scenes between he and his internal six are in. What we need to remember about these scenes, and I think this is lost on the writers and Mm -hmm. the makers of this show because I think this is where the disconnect is for me. This man is daydreaming and walking around in the world speaking as though his daydream is the holodeck about him, except he is not in a holodeck. He is just in the world. So sometimes there are people there. And that's why when, like, at the end, he's, mm-hmm. like, running upstairs and unbuckling his belt, I'm like, I think he's still in front of the commander right, right. now. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> it's not really clear what this is. So yeah. there is this split logic of sometimes people call him on, what did you just say? Uh-huh. And sometimes he is just acting right. out a reality that no one else can see in front of other people, and that's not being called out or commented on. There And it's never clear where yeah. the, what the rest of the crew is seeing all of the time, only when they want to make it a point. Like, the, fil- the, sh- the showmakers want to make it a point. But I'm like, yes, but every time, though. It, he's acting like this at all times. Right. So that's my sort of big issue with this mm-hmm. Baltar 6 thing. Uh, now, all to say, I actually, I liked the sort of appearance here. So they're in his mind house, mm-hmm. and they're going to have sex. But first, apparently, Six needs to hear him say that he believes in God, which he definitely does not believe, mm-hmm. because he's got some sort of you know, mm-hmm. science man, nobody who's intelligent believes in yes. God thing. That that I know. Apparently he found a copy you. of the God delusion. No, that struck me <laughs> as troublesome. But what was more offensive to me is the fact that she's demanding that he believe in God while giving him another hand job. Yeah. And it was just like, there's a well, juxtaposition there that's well, just gross. Not Yes, there is. And, and that is true. But it's like it was, her version of God and your version right, of God. No, are I not understand the same. that, but that's okay. not what she's discussing because there's a, this whole sort of religious philosophical discussion that's being had while she's basically getting him off, and it was like this is just gross. Yes, and there was a lot of just gross in this episode too. Yeah. So in his mind cave, she disappears, and he's looking around for her. She walks out. And this is what I thought. 
Baltar has now gotten so boring that even his imaginary sex bot walks out on him because yeah, it's like, right. I'm, <laughs> screw this guy. I've had enough of his like ranting. And then there's a knock, like he's in his mind ca- house. Mm-hmm. There's a knock on the door of his mind house, and he opens the door of the mind house and says something uh, gross. Mm-hmm. I think he says something about. You should just be. Mm. You should just arrive naked, so we don't have to go through the right, the foreplay, the foreplay, or whatever. And what he's actually done is open, apparently, the door to his his suite, suite. right? And it's um, Duala standing uh-huh. there, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Nothing. I was talking to myself." Which, and then he's like, "I talked to myself." He's very defensive. Huh? Okay, Bruh. Even if you do talk to yourself, why is that the thing right. that you're saying to yourself? And, yeah, I just... I, I'm not going to knock uh, anybody talking to themselves. I do it a lot. I work alone. There's sometimes when I'm talking and there's nobody there. It's me. I'm talking to me. Never once have I said that I should, I should uh, appear... That I should be wearing less so I can cut the foreplay. That's not yeah. words that one says to oneself. Uh, <laughs> or if they do, you don't want to interrupt whatever they're doing and they you really don't need to be present for it. Right. So he has been being summoned uh-huh. to the CIC deck. I don't know what CIC stands for, but it's the main, like it's the the bridge mm-hmm. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, right? Star Trek language. Uh, and Crossing. <laughs> Crossing franchises here. There is a woman there mm-hmm. who has claims against him, and it is six, mm-hmm. named Shelley Godfrey, in actual life, standing there on the deck. Now, there's a couple of acute moments where he's like, you see her? You, you see, see her, her too? Does every, uh, everyone else see her? Now, we know it's not her. his imaginary... Uh, friend, because she's fully dressed. She's fully dressed. She's wearing a uniform. She uh-huh. is covered to the neck. So right. we're like, well, this one's different. By but the way, also, she's just as attractive dressed. I well, should of say. course she is. She's a beautiful woman. But why is she standing so close to him? Right. Like if if you have come aboard a ship to finger who you now are saying mm. are is a traitor. Right. Why is she so close to him? If she is accusing him of being a Cylon trainer, right. that's what she's doing. She says her name is Shelley Godfrey. She was very close with Dr. Amarak, which we remember from the very first episode. Uh-huh. Uh, who, you remember. <laughs> that completely slipped my that mind. Na- he was on the Olympia, Olympia? Olympic carrier, the Olympic carrier okay. which ended up getting blasted into smithereens after... Uh, it was acting like a missile and heading towards the Galactica. Right, it had to be destroyed. Uh, so it had to be destroyed. Aboard that ship, supposedly, was this Dr. Amarak, who had requested to see the president to speak about mm-hmm. something, and we think it was a possible right. traitor. And number six, internal six at least, had said, he knows about you, and he's going to say something about you. So you better figure out a way to deal with this. You better pray to God. Mm-hmm. And then he prays to God, and then she has the Olympia blown up. So, in this show, what we know uh-huh. is that Six is God for all intents and purposes. Right. For for the mm-hmm. this right. tiny, you know, storyline. 
But she says, you know, I have this disc, the CD that looks like, exactly like a CD, only it's a hexagon. So it's, it's the a, future. It's a fancy CD, right. <laughs> and she says she's a system analyst from the defense ministry, ministry who worked closely with the doctor. She uh, has a photo of a man entering the um, mainframe with an explosive charge. Says that it's Baltar. We only see him from the back. Size and build, yes. Baltar says, not me. Wasn't me. Didn't do it. Wasn't me. This lady's crazy. It was not me. It wasn't me. And he is uh, panicking. Um, and she says, well, I have this vi- this disc. And on the disc is the video of that we're seeing. And she's like, oh, you can't see the back of him. But see, there's a... Reflection. Reflection. All you have to do is, um, like, largen and sharpen. And I really actually appreciated this piece because Gato was like, well, we can, you know, we can clean it out, but sharpening it is going to take a day. And I was like, thank you. Now, in every police thing that there is, they seem to have this filter that they can just run an image through and it it's sharpens instantaneous it. too, right. That first of all, you can almost never sharpen a thing. Right. You have to find it because a pixel is a pixel. Mm-hmm. And when you blow it up, it's just a big pixel now. Like yeah. it's not it doesn't It's a big smear of something yes. is basically what it looks like. So that there are things that will sharpen a thing, but it takes a lot of power and mm-hmm. a long time. So I was actually appreciative. I'm like even though I still don't think you could sharpen it, at least it's a not an instantaneous. Yeah. Oh yeah, F seven sharpens like there's that. <laughs> I appreciated that, uh, even though we're in space and they could easily have this technology. Yeah, the technology is really odd here. It's hard to tell where it advances ours and where it's actually behind ours. It seems at times. Right. Gata is assigned to clean up the image. Baltar's work on the Cylon detector is halted. Security clearance suspended. And then he's trying to tell people, I'm not the Cylon, she's the Cylon. I'm not a Cylon, she's a Cylon. It's not me, it's her. It's not me, it's Mm -hmm. her. It's not me, it's definitely her. And meanwhile, Shelly is torpedoing her own self Mm -hmm. by coming on to Adama. Right. So Adama is questioning him, her, and he's like, well, how, why would he leave this with you? And he, she's like, well, we were friends. And then she, like, breaks down crying. I love him, loved him very much. And then she maneuvers and is like, I'm just so alone. And then she kisses him. And he is not a fucking idiot. Well, that's it. Unlike <laughs> well, Baltar. I was like, you're fucked. <laughs> because there's I, no way he buys this shit. <laughs> the two um, humanoid Cylons that we've seen on this show apparently have such irresistible sexual magnetism that people just fall in love with them. Well, I think, and I honestly, like, uh-huh. I like the Boomer thing because Boomer worked alongside these guys. Uh-huh. And frankly, Boomer is lovable. This character, this is not lovable. Right. It is fallen to my lust trap. Mm-hmm. And Adama is like, no, thank you. <laughs> right. Well, because I think that he's automatically, he has been warning, as we saw in episode one, when he gave his, you know... Barack Obama speech. Um, <laughs> he is, has been warning people that this was coming for years. Yes. 
and saying what's like the, the next fact trick? that they what's never the showed up for 40 years wasn't just us uh, getting off easy uh-huh. it was us getting more and more and fucked. he was the one suspicious about it and no one else is paying attention so he's watching for software. every indication yeah. that the silos are coming back and he's like this isn't how humans act right but it might be how robots Something attempting to be think humans, humans right. act and some people would fall for that Especially because she is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. But he's like, put Marines on her. Don't let her go anywhere. And don't trust her because something's the hinky. Right. And um, Baltar is also like reaching into his brain looking for six. And she's like, not there. She's, <laughs> she is cold shouldering him. The only six we can find <laughs> is walking around and pointing a finger at you. So... Right. Not your friend. Um, but she's just very unconvincing as a person, I think. Yes. Like, what is she doing? Why is she doing she this? She is. I do like when she puts the glasses right. on. I was like, oh, serious sex. <laughs> uh, and then he, Baltar is the he I'm referring to. Baltar pulls a fake fire alarm, Geta leaves, he goes in, he sees his photo. It's his image on the screen, and he... The finest scientific mind of our time mm-hmm. can't figure out how to turn off a monitor. <laughs> this is another lost point. Like, what the hell is he doing? He Disney? unplugs everything but the thing he needs to unplug. <laughs> right. It's still there. And so he picks up a chair and he's going to swing it to the, the monitor. And that's when Adama comes in and is like, mm-hmm. you need to stop moving, sir. Everyone right. sees this. Put the fucking chair <laughs> down. Look at Adama's face, though, is just... Like, like what the hell? Like, really? This is what even this is what we've come even to. Even if you weren't a traitor, uh-huh. aren't you supposed to be super smart to this behavior? Is <laughs> not super smart. Um, meanwhile, I will say, uh, on the flight deck, they're still trying to figure out how the Cylon Raider works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I really actually like that piece of this episode because they're like she says to like touch the ligament looking thing with the blue stuff on the right side and then attach it, it to the bladder that it looks like a dog, like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> they're like what the fuck is she talking about boomer comes in and like She's like Boomer totally outs herself here, like for no particular reason. That's another thing where I'm like, like, you just have to be nice to it and (laughs) stroke it and treat it like a pet. Because it's a Dalek. That's that's what I think. Right. And the chief is like, that's what you think? And she's like, Yeah. If I had to guess. Oh, that's what she's like, if I had to guess. He's like, if you had to guess, and she's like, Yeah, if I had to guess. (laughs) I'm just like Girl, you just went full Cylon. Right. Don't even think you know. I mean, I don't think so she knows. The upshot the of this happens. is that the machine itself, like I said, when I said Dalek, it's uh, essentially, it's alive inside Yeah, it's, of, it's goopy inside. Inside of this machine. It's built to exist as its machine. It's a different kind of Cylon. It's the same way that there are humanoids generated. There are organic parts that are fitted with machine parts, which is right. why they're expendable. right. And essentially, it's just a living, flying ship. But apparently, the Cylons treat them like pets. Right. <laughs> like, that's a weird insight. And Starbuck is fighting physical therapy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like it. She, 
she is also told it's going to hurt and it's supposed to. And I'm like, uh, that's not right. <laughs> Again, that's why I said, like, sometimes they're far ahead of us in terms of technology. Sometimes they're way behind yeah, us. Like, like physical even, therapy is right. one of those weird things where you will push it to the point of pain, but uh-huh. that's as far as you want to go. Right. Um, but yeah, they just seem to be like, fucking suck it up. We're not giving you any more pills. Get up and walk around. Right. And she fucked up her knee badly. Yeah. And as a person with a bad knee, it's not like, give her, cut her some slack. But she goes down to the, um, to the flight deck and climbs up inside of it and gets it to turn on. Mm-hmm. And then just from the, you just see it from the outside, like vibrating and and I don't remember who says it. Is who it says, Chief who's like, don't, don't blow anything don't up? Don't shoot anything. <laughs> and right. Don't shoot anything, right? Because they also still don't know what the weapon capabilities of yeah. this thing Well, are. you also don't want to do this in the, the docking bay and or whatever. And she accidentally discharged something on the planet and was right. like, oh, and shit, don't do that again. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, definitely don't want to do it on the flight deck. There's also a point here where Rosalind has a health scare. She passes mm-hmm. out. Right. And Billy calls the doctor, but puts out the fucking call to the doctor, like, over everybody's, like, over the entire airwave. So people are like, what's happening to the president? And he's like, she's fine. She's yeah, maybe that, got the flu. Because he, he's he drives bad desperately at to unring a bell. Yeah. yeah. And and we find out that Rosalind is triple dosing herself mm. on this medication, which, you know, don't idea. do that. No, That's not good. Um, and... Then we have Baltar in a prison cell, presumably going to be tried for treason or mm-hmm. just straight up executed. We don't know. Right. And, pray, and he's praying 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 and he's praying. And finally, internal six shows up in his head, sort of is like, I hear you or whatever. And then, and meanwhile, we've got, Adama and uh, the president at two different times coming to him outside the cell and just looking at him like he's garbage. And like, I really don't want to believe that I was such a terrible judge of character. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. as an audience, we're going, no, you definitely are. (laughs) Like, Even if he's exonerated right now, you're still a terrible judge of character. This man is clearly insane, if not a traitor. But we know both of those things. <laughs> he is both of those things. Um, and finally, as, of course, Baltar submits to the weird god of the Cylon, uh-huh. uh, which isn't just their god, it's everybody's god, because there's only one god, and this is what we are to know. Which, and we know that the uh, people in Caprica, or at least the humans here, are polytheistic. Yes, so this is yeah, a this is a different different religion. Um, then they, Gator shows up and opens the cell and mm-hmm. Baltar starts freaking out. He's like, I haven't even had a trial. I, like, I want him to burst out until, you know, from the three musketeers, I'm too young to die. That was about the <laughs> only thing I'm saying. Like. <laughs> he comes and he's like, we're letting you go because, you know, I was rerunning it. And there were all of these indications that this photo was a fake. And it, and it's it's almost like she wanted to get caught. And now they can't find Shelly. She just, right. she, apparently they can just vanish. Um, but she left behind her glasses. She left behind her glasses, but 
the Marines that were trailing her followed her behind. Like she turned a corner, they turned a corner, and she was gone. Well, what she did, like the Roadrunner, is painted a tunnel onto a wall and then walked through it, and then they could. So it's unclear how they her Acme paintbrush are able to do this. Like if there's some sort of beaming technology that we Uh, don't know about or something, or they can change their appearance and look like the as of yet unrevealed Cylon humanoids. Right. And um, then we we get Boomer in her bunk, and she opens her um, her locker, mm-hmm. and the word Cylon is written across it. And she's like, "It's not true! It's not true!" And she's mm-hmm. rubbing the mirror that has Cylon written on it. So she's being at the same time bullied by a high schooler. <laughs> we're edited into shots of the fake Boomer and Caprica rubbing what's his name, and so there's this weird juxtaposition of love scene. Yes. And <laughs> Yes. Just like, what am I watching? Gosh. And the president is able to get herself together Uh and she um, exonerates Uh Baltar publicly. Which makes no sense. Um, And exposes Shelly as a Cylon agent. So Mm. we've got a photo out. So So, so there's this this weird guy and this really hot girl and, and this other guy who looks like, you know... His a face pirate. is soiled or yes. something. So, so this is who we're looking out for now. Baltar wonders if Shelley was ever really existed, or if they could manifest mm-hmm. a visual form but and a physical form. A physical she form, because she she also left behind the glasses, which is what oh, that's true. Adama is looking at in the end. He knows, but it's it could be that she can manifest a physical form uh-huh. that doesn't have clothes on it. So then, anything. Well, that would explain a lot, wouldn't? It? Yes, indeed. <laughs> and then we close. In his mind palace, and mm. she's there, and she's going upstairs, taking off her clothes, and he chases after her, proclaiming God's will be done. Proclaiming God's will be done, pulling off his belt. Now, at the same time, in uh. actual reality, he is standing behind a podium, yes. having just been exonerated. And I'm like, what are what are they seeing right now? I it's okay. This because is, this man yeah. clearly can't multitask. He can't be having right. Cylon sex in his head and giving a rousing speech in reality. He right. does not have the capability Yes, he to gets do that. behind the podium and says, Ugh. Oh baby, oh baby, yes, baby, yes, baby, right there. God's That's what he's saying. It's like, and everybody is just like, like right. we should definitely trust this dude this with the future the of the human right. race. <laughs> what? Y'all. Oh my God. What is that? So, so I'm really you, struggling what with. What did the, you think? That's what I was going to ask you. Overall, because I have a lot to say. The show was the the episode was enjoyable, uh-huh. but I'm telling you that this these breaks in logic, and what Baltar is physically doing in mm-hmm. the world of the other characters and doing mentally, right. the 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 fact that sometimes it's the same time and sometimes mm. it's different is very problematic to me. Just in. Because I'm just like, if I'm looking at this dude, uh-huh. I'm like, you need to lock him up. Right. No security clearance, no plutonium. Even if he's not a danger, he's clearly not a help. Don't give him nuclear warheads. Anything. Don't give him, yeah, don't give him a popsicle, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, but I liked the... I liked her coming into the real world, because now he knows that, like... There are physical repercussions uh-huh. for his his situation. Now they can't do what they did, they've done before, and and 
realistically, this is a, the second time in a row mm -hmm. where everyone is given true information or everyone figures out a thing right. and then goes back and goes, oh, but it's not real. So yeah. in the previous episode, Boomer and Tyrol are definitely helping with the Cylon, mm -hmm. like they're Cylon infiltrators, whether yeah. they know it or not. This is shouted by Hadrian and shut down by Adama. In this one, Shelley is like, this is the dude that worked with the Cylons to get the stuff in the mainframe, mm -hmm. which is 100% factually accurate. Right. He didn't do it with a bomb. He did it with code. Uh -huh. But he is the human infiltration of the Cylons into the mainframe that caused this disaster. And by the end of it, the president is like, nah, we good. <laughs> I'm just like, are you both silent? I think he might be both silent at this point. <laughs> so what would you rate this episode? I, for entertainment, uh -huh. I'm going to give it a B. For structure, I'm going to give it a D. And, and just making sense, I'm yeah. going to give it a D. So I'm going to—that's a straight C down the middle. I think you're yeah. going to give it an F. Well, I'm not going to give it an F because it was watchable. <laughs> it was, it was, a it show. was photographed. Um, <laughs> it was, in fact, on film right. and 40 I, I minutes long. I believe that the deep in space, they they might not have found Earth. I think this episode, they may have found a shark somewhere deep, deep in space that they want to jump over. Um, Seven episodes in, and we're like, "Yeah, I'm having my doubts." <laughs> Just to address the first one, there's a, and I'll include this on the Facebook page when this one drops. There's a song which name I will not pronounce by Adriano Salantano. Uh, I've shown it to you before, which is his weird song done in mock English, and it kind of makes me think of Cylon behavior like it's not quite English but it could be English on you're straining to listen to like a word that you can recognize and there's nothing in there and that's kind of the way they behave like they're almost behaving like normal human beings because the Cylon invader in this uh, in this uh, episode is almost convincing up until she starts hitting on Adama yeah. and just acting just weird well but and, also I, I was first of all like uh, why is she, I really was like, why is she so close to him? Mm -hmm. right. She needs to give him some space. <laughs> right. It was very weird. If you think that that is a traitor, you probably wouldn't want to be within three. Like, I would, if you are a traitor to the human race and caused the ma almost mass extinction mm -hmm. of uh, people, I don't want to get within five feet of you. I certainly well, don't want to be up on you. Would you want to be standing shoulder to shoulder with... Um, a terrorist. No. And this I is would effectively not. what it is. You know that he's a terrorist, but you keep insisting on being around and and um and interacting with him. And then the stuff that and this is where it loses it. Well, it loses it in several ways for me. One of the ways is that it's his behavior is so suspicious. Yes, constantly. Constantly, that there is no excuse for letting him go or exonerating him because he still did break into the computer room. He still was questioning people who were investigating him. He physically assaulted his accuser at one point um, in a unisex bathroom. 
which I don't understand why people don't have their own bathrooms and their own uh, suites, but whatever. So he does all this really suspicious shit. And at- he's also, I don't know if it's a mm-hmm. shower issue, a nervous issue. He looks sweaty and gross all of right. the time. Well, that's why number six only makes love to him in the dream house because she doesn't have to smell him that way. But he's just, there's no way in which these people who are as intelligent as they are let him off the hook in the end after all the suspicious things he gets up to in the course of this episode. Yeah. It no, does not it, make any it, sense It makes at all. no sense. It, even if you let him mm-hmm. out. Right. He doesn't get back the status that he had before. Right. Also, I thought it was weird. There were In the little sort of press conference that she's mm-hmm. doing to exonerate him, there's like a, there's, it looked like maybe eight people. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes up to the podium, it seems like more people. Right. And they're like super excited. Oh, look, he's back. That they're guy. Like, Yay. And the I'm one like, talking to himself. Who are and, you? you know. And what is your role here? Right. Like, it was but, it was very odd. So to mention the other thing that I brought up earlier, there's a 1987 film called No Way Out. Okay, so what happens in No Way Out? In no hey, Way everyone, out. spoiler alert spoiler for alert. No Way Out, Still, a movie I, I have not seen. I won't give it away. It's a great film, though. Um, Kevin Costner plays a naval officer who has a relationship with Sean Young, who's also the mistress for Gene Hackman, who is Oof. an important political figure. Uh, Gene Hackman in a fit of rage, accidentally kills her and wants to blame this mysterious naval officer who he's never seen. The plot hinges on an instant photograph she's taken of him. The photograph has been taken away, but the photographic paper is left underneath the bed. And the major plot point in the film is scanning the photographic paper to bring up a negative image of whoever her lover was, who supposedly was her murderer. Okay. And that film... It's the exact same point. They're sitting at the scanners. They're trying desperately to scan the image. He tries to get rid of it. He's locked in a building where there's no escape. It's actually really suspenseful and really well done. But it followed point, this episode followed point for point what happens in that film. Well, I'm sure, I mean, there are shows that that's Uh, a whole thing. Like, there are whole, like, The Simpsons does whole episodes that are movies. Yeah. Beat by beat or, or scenes from or something like that. So, I'm not... I was just irritated because they didn't do anything different with it. They didn't improve yeah. it either. It's just sort of like, oh, look, here's something we ripped off from another film. Yeah, but I just, this is the second episode mm. in, a, in a row where big puzzle pieces were filled in uh-huh. and then just take it. It's like, it's as though you were doing mm. a huge jigsaw puzzle and somebody finished like a whole third of the puzzle over here. And at the end of the episode, somebody came in and went, no, those aren't even the right pieces. Pick them up and throw them in a fire. And you're just (laughs) well, how am I ever going to finish this puzzle now? You Uh, keep, you keep burning the truth. Stop burning the truth. Well, my metaphor has gotten away from me. (laughs) No, I like that. Stop burning the truth. I mean, there's so many places you could apply that, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know how they're supposed to go on. It's not one of the interesting things about the TV show Lost that sometimes got away from them too. Yes. Is that they had to build on whatever plot development they had already introduced. But at least, in the very least, they were playing fair. Even if it made no sense at the end of the program, we're still going to build on this plot development we introduced. What I don't like about Battlestar Galactica is that frequently a big revelation is made and then just sort of undone. And you're going, again, why am I trusting these people? Why would anybody of Adama smart enough to see through 
the seductive powers of number six, why can't he see through the BS that's offered by Beltar? And again, yeah. why is why is anybody at all excited about seeing him liberated? Well, now I'm literally been... like, are the president and Adama both silent? Because <laughs> if so, game over, humans. Right. I don't. <laughs> and but also, why are we dragging this out then? Right. I I don't know. Because if that was true, you could just mm. sit here, wait for the silence to get here, fucking power down, right. <laughs> and just blow everybody. Up. So I don't think that they are silence. I do think they're more silence than we know. Um. But and they might be. I'm still holding to my theory that Baltar is a silence. I'm also wondering how. Even if Baltar isn't a Cylon, mm-hmm. is he the only person who's being really manipulated by Cylons that we're seeing? Well, no, because, because if there are other internal uh, sixes or or right. internal boomers or in, you know what I mean, other internal versions of people who were either wittingly or unwittingly part of the original plot that are being sort of maneuvered by the mm-hmm. Cylons but are human and that we're just not seeing, then that may also explain some things. I also have a question, are Cylons really gross inside? I don't know. Their spines light up for no reason. But I mean, when we saw the inside of that ship, it was just disgusting beyond what human organs would look like. They just sort of look almost I don't, putrefying. I don't, well, that's because it had been shot out of the sky. I think we were looking at a corpse uh-huh. more than an active but she was able to activate it which is weird thing. it's like someone reaches inside your intestines and makes your arms move that's just sort of gross it's very ratatouille yeah there it is <laughs> so there oh, was something wrong with the kid in ratatouille because why was that a thing that could happen you just pull a person's hair <laughs> on so overall you you felt again yeah, because i just i thought no, i was, thought it was fun to watch but uh, it made no sense and so i went no i went c what was your final uh, i i would go d or less i just felt like it it not only didn't go anywhere which is an issue i'm having with the beltar and the caprico storylines but also that see the thing is when you have a really good film or television program Part of what you're doing the agreement as being an audience member is trusting that the writers and the directors will make sense of something. And when you feel that you're with a good director or writer, they do. They, they just sort of turn things like, oh my God, that was a twist I didn't see coming. I really right. enjoyed this. This show, I have my doubts because of things like the Beltar storyline that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, and what we haven't been doing is uh-huh. looking at the writers and the directors. So this one was written by a Michael... And Angeli, uh-huh. directed by Robert Young. Let's look at the previous episodes. 33, our first episode, directed by Michael Reimer, written by Ronald D. Moore. Two different people. We like that episode. Gave yeah. it A's. So we've had different writers and directors for every episode, except the first two were written by the centers. I... I um... Yeah, I don't know. This, so, this, was, this was a rough episode for me because I didn't really feel like... It made much sense. I don't think that... it's. I think, too, uh, you may be frustrated by the, we want to get to the bottom. Like, Baltar needs to get uh-huh. resolved somehow. Yeah. And then they seem like they were going to do that, and then they fucking didn't do that. Right. <laughs> so we're just like, so we're in exactly the same place as we were at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. only you all knew better and decided to just ignore right. knowing better. It is a little frustrating. We're like... 
And I, we didn't see much of uh, Apollo in this episode. Uh-huh. He uh, mocks Starbuck a little bit at the beginning when she's getting her crutches, and that is it. And I'm like, hey, Apollo, you've got a good head on your shoulders. Right. Could you get in here and maybe do some objective uh, looking and listening and uh, tell your dad and the president that they're doing it wrong? <laughs> because... I am concerned about the adults in this show. Well, I'm concerned about the lack of adults in this show. Mm. It's getting very weird. But um, but yeah, so that was how I felt yep. about it and my objections to it as well. So next week we're going to watch um, episode eight, Flesh and Bone. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it's about. Flesh and Bone, I would imagine. Probably. Starbuck. All Starbuck. This time it'll rip off Frankenstein. Oh, Lord. Well, if they revive the Reaper... Uh-huh. I don't think that's what it's called. Mm-mm. What's it called? Maybe that is what it was called. Raider. The Cylon oh. Raider. <laughs> I think I was thinking of uh, Firefly, I think. Those are Reavers, right? Oh, oh, yes, you're right. So I'm not, I'm just thinking about some don't fear the Reavers. software I'm looking at right now. Sorry, okay. everyone. Um, in the meantime, before we watch another episode of a show that you might not like, <laughs> uh, do you have any recommendations? Um, I saw a very silly movie. Uh, last uh, this last week, uh, Happy Death Day to you, you, Happy Death Day, day to, to you. you. <laughs> um, I saw the first film with you. I think we did see it on television, mm-hmm. the cable, and I didn't expect to like it that much. It was just the novelty of seeing a horror film. I don't seeing a modern horror film, and it turned out to be a really funny, fun movie. Um, about a young woman who is murdered and has to... Think of a horror Groundhog's Day. Right. <laughs> and has to relive a particular day up until her own murder to try to solve who murdered her. And the lead actress, who I don't know from anyone, right? I don't know most of this cast, but this woman, Jessica no, Roth... No, and I haven't seen her in anything else, but she's... Amazing. So good. And she has great comic timing. She has makes wonderful faces, I think. I would love to see just... A, about 10 minutes of different expressions on her face because she does a lot of stuff with it. Um, and she manages to turn an unlikable woman, young woman, into a hero. You, you're you rooting for her at the end, trying to see her get free from this horrible situation that she's in. And similarly, in this movie, she finds herself in another situation. Um, I don't want to give any of it away, but there are scenes in the film which call on high comedy, and she does it. She nails it. There are scenes in the film that call on high drama, and she nails it. Nails it, it, yeah. And just the versatility that this one person gets to play in this one part. She's a peach, whoever she is, and I. She should be hired in everything. Yeah, I no. Think. She. I hope she's in more things. I she's think, very, you know, very good. There was. I, I had a moment when I was watching Man in the Moon years ago, and I saw uh, a young Reese, who's like eleven or twelve years old in that movie, and like, God, she's good, whoever she is, and she's in scenes Same of like. Same thing with. Um, for me, Panic uh, Room uh, with uh, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart is needs to get out of the... Um, I think she hit the popularity wave with doing the Twilight movies. And I still think that she's one of the best young actresses well, working. And then she did Personal Shopper. And mm-hmm. that was a movie. Well, Personal <laughs> Shopper, I actually... I, I struggle back and forth about whether I like it. But I realize that the flaw of the film is really the flaw of the character. So it's just very consistent. I think when she played Joan Jett is really when she won me over again as an adult. 
and she did the slouched shoulders and the yeah, no, she she was very good. It's almost like it was hard to see her in that part because, like, where is she in there? But she was very, very good. And there's sometimes where you just get struck by an actor going, that person has a future. And I'm hoping that this actress, Jennifer, uh, Jessica Roth, the, and this is, she's supported by a great cast of other people I don't know. They're really, really funny. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was a really enjoyable film. I don't want to give anything away. You really do have to see the first film to see the sequel, though, because they're very intimately connected. Um, yeah, and... They spoil the shit out of the first one and the second one, and mm. in the trailer to the second one, which, hey, trailer makers, mm. what the fuck are you doing? You, you've you just alienated mm. anyone who hadn't seen the first one. Right. Like, I think what they wanted to do was be like, oh, it's cool, you don't have to have seen the first one sure, to see the second one. the entire film the trailer. But don't, that's... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrible. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it made me, like, as a person who'd seen Uh, the first one and wasn't spoiled, I was, like, pissed off by it. Siskel and Ebert once did a whole episode of their show on trailers, how to do a trailer, and it was very funny, given their background. This is how to do a trailer. Don't show me the entire movie. Don't be, you know, you don't need to have a money shot of every actor's face in the trailer either. You know, try to build suspense with it and be mysterious and make the person yeah. want to see the movie. Like, I'm really waffling uh, over seeing Greta because yeah. everyone in that movie is spectacular, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is really good, but the trailer, the trailer is too long. Right. And unless it's only showing me stuff from the first half an hour of the movie and there's a big turn and more stuff, the trailer gave me more than I wanted a trailer to give me. And it's upsetting because I feel like I would legitimately like the movie, mm-hmm. but they either, A, don't trust that I would just want to go see a movie starring two women, maybe that's it. I know. Um, or B, there is a big, like, they're not showing you what it really is. A Cabin in the Woods style, mm-hmm. smile spoiler alert for Cabin well, in the Woods. Well, I liked, um, <laughs> I liked uh, the third of the Paranormal Activity movies. For actually showing images in the trailer that aren't, aren't in, the, in film. the film, yeah, especially and because they fucked up that first, the first trailer. One, the first one, they actually showed the climax in the trailer, and I'm going, well, then I'm just waiting the entire film for that to happen. Yep. And so, and it's literally the last thing that right. you see, or whatever. So it's like you now know as the film is climaxing, oh, that's what's going to happen next. With Greta, and it might be the fact that they don't trust it to have legs, but it's a Neil Jordan film. And the cast is amazing, as you put out. I want to see Isabel Huppert again. Um, but, yeah, you're just... Uh, unless there is a major plot twist, then I already know everything that's going to happen. I know everything well. that's going to happen, and I'm sure that they're mm-hmm. going to be very good while it happens, but, right. like... There are no uh, surprises. Uh, meanwhile, on the other hand, mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery's newest trailer right. uh, spoils that they have changed a fairly significant... Yeah. Not just fairly... a the plot point in the in the movie. They have mm-hmm. switched characters that this big thing happens to, and I think they did that so that people wouldn't be pissed right. when it happened. Which is a smarter way of playing it. It is. So mm-hmm. they found a way to do what they wanted to do. Meanwhile, yeah. Greta has soured me on a movie that I was really excited to see mm-hmm. at the beginning of the trailer, and then by the end of the trailer, I'm like, well... Well, or I could just end up seeing this trailer six more times and then I've seen the whole movie. The worst like, example, I think, <sighs> of a trailer ruining a movie was Suicide Squad. 
where literally the response to the trailer was so uh, enthusiastic that the producers then recut the movie to be more like the trailer. See, don't do... Yeah, And that's... then it wound up being, as you remember, this mess where we're just like... <sighs> Why do we have to have every... Every origin story three times. Right. It was just like... They, <laughs> Why do we have to do that? And the, then there's like no other movie. It's right. Just that. It's just weird. <laughs> and it was shot like a trailer. So there's zooming angles and, and all fancy editing. And I'm like, I'm getting nauseated and I'm bored. I'm bored and nauseated at the same time. And there's a good movie in there somewhere from a good yeah. director. Yeah. Which is the great pity. The guy who did Fury did this film. And you're going... Or what was it? End of Watch was another one that he did. He's a good director. And you should have trusted him. You can't... Well... I'm, I'm sorry, this has now become a rant <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> from a student filmmaker, so there. So, <laughs> anything else to say? Well, I was going to recommend a thing if you wanted to ask no, no, me no, about no, my recommendations, right, I didn't. No, no, please, okay. <laughs> please recommend something. Okay, so I'm going to recommend something in res, so uh, if it doesn't turn out well, I didn't know. But so far, I'm very much enjoying a podcast called Unwell. It is a fiction podcast. Their tagline is a fiction podcast about conspiracies, ghosts, and unusual families of blood and choice. Um, about a small town in, uh, or some people in a small town in Ohio called Mount Absalom. Mm. It's produced by HeartLife NFP. Uh, it's available on all of the podcatchers. Uh, they are, at time of recording, there are three sort of trailer-like episodes, short um, pieces that are not full episodes, five minutes or less, and then three full episodes. They run 20 to 25 minutes. It'll make you side-eye celery, but you won't even know why. And... uh so far, it's very good. It's about um, a, a Lillian Harper moves to the small town of Mount Absalom, Ohio, to care for her estranged mother, Dorothy, after she injures herself. Mm -hmm. um, she lives uh, with her mom in the boarding house that she's running. Okay. She discovers conspiracies, ghosts, and a new family in the house's strange assortment of residents. That happens when you move into a new house. So, season one apparently will run for 12 episodes. New episodes released, my favorite word, fortnightly, because the word bi-weekly means two different things. <laughs> so every other Wednesday they're releasing episodes. Um, and it's pretty spooky. The sound design is very good. The acting is very good. Mm. The story so far is interesting. The characters are good. So I'm enjoying it very much. I, I tend to listen to um, fiction podcasts when I'm not doing anything else because I have trouble tracking uh, audio narrative if I'm not looking at words as well. Right. Um, so like I can't listen to fiction podcasts while I'm working. I save my nonfiction and my comedy podcasts for that. Uh, fiction podcasts are like, uh, I like to like play silly match three games while I'm falling asleep, and I will listen to narrative podcasts then. I listen to three episodes of Amnesty, of the Amnesty arc of the Adventure Zone this morning, not doing anything else for the same reason. I cannot follow the story. I lose the threads. <laughs> so, uh, Unwell, all one word. 
Oh, well. Podcast. Well, I have to listen to I want to listen to more horror podcast stuff. Yeah. I, I don't understand how it gets done, though. The writing on it has to happen at such a speed. Well, and, my sense is uh, they write an entire season mm-hmm. and they start, they maybe record all of the voice for an entire season mm-hmm. and then they produce it as they go rather than producing it week by week because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, a lot. There's a, there's a big, um, and something that you and I have discussed that we don't have to discuss with the listeners. I'm a big fan of horror in old time radio. Yes. Um, just after the World War II, there was a lot of it, lights out and witches Did they do things with just like a soundboard where they'd be like, squeaky door, push a button? Um, I believe some of it was. <laughs> There's a really funny story about how uh, it, lights out had a, is it lights out? One of them had a squeaky door as its sound effect. You know, mm-hmm. you and at one point, the soundboard didn't work, so somebody tried to imitate it with their voice going, oh, like geez. that. And it became really famous because no, it, it fooled no one. It fooled no one. <laughs> but but it's is, the best we could do. There is uh, there's some really creepy stuff. The 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 shadow that wanders around the city um, and forces everyone that like the shadow touches they turn inside out. And the sound effect for this was done with uh, apparently a, ripping open a cabbage. So it's like the most horrifying thing. <laughs> yes, you look at that. That's right not there. a good sound. <laughs> yes, no, you, can just, you can imagine what it sounds like. And I remember oh. being at my job working late one night. I used to want to be a Foley that. artist. So yeah. hearing that sound though, it was like, oh God, <laughs> what was that? But um, but yeah, it's a, the one of the the uh, writers, uh, Arch Obler, used to literally write the program every week. Yeah, and that's... it amazes me that. People Amazing. Used to do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I want to get a hold of the new stuff. I saw some when we were at PodCon. I saw some uh, horror oriented stuff that I want to yeah. start listening to. I think you'd like the No Sleep podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but not through any fault of their own. It's a very good podcast. Right. No, no, there's different <laughs> it, styles it's, of... it's more that I have a hundred podcasts that right. I listen to. And I'm already a month behind. Uh-huh. I have a constant playlist that's six days long. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have to be very picky about what I add. And yeah. their back catalog alone is too daunting for me. See, that, that's so. it. It's like, do I really want to... Uh, what is the investigative episode? Serial? No, no, no. A horror no. podcast. The Black Tapes. Oh, yes. Mm. Okay, and see, that's the issue. Knowing that the ending is sort of disappointing, yeah. I do not want to commit to. And I was into I it. I enjoyed for a while. the whole thing. I will say though, the be- very much like South Park, mm-hmm. the best that show <laughs> does Park. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the the descriptions in the first episode scared the bejesus out of me, and uh-huh. it never reached that level for me again. And then they did the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for the black tapes and my issues with it. The female journalist falls in love with her subject and they mm. run away together thing, which is bullshit and I hate it. Well, I liked him um, because he's also a, a creep. He's a creep and he's just obnoxious. And so why this would be where the, the which show Which is goes. hilarious to me because I'm pretty sure he's just another version of Cabal. No, he's mm-hmm. not. No, 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 yep. no. 
No. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. Not what's happening. Totally is. No. Cabal, for anyone who does not know, is the main and character. You should all know. <laughs> in Lemuel's uh, fiction. Is it uh, his book is available now on Amazon. <laughs> and there's a second one coming and a third. Um, but, uh, like, right now, the one that I want to get back into, and I love it, I enjoy it every time I hear it, but jumping back into its daunting is Tannis. Yeah, Tannis is bonkers, too. I'm like, I have lost every thread, but right. I enjoy listening to it. And so. it's, but it's one where I like the characters, I like the kind of turns that they take. At no point does someone do something stupid, which is what was bothering me about the other... Untrue! Just you just haven't gotten there yet. Okay, then I don't um, know if there's but something it won't stupid be, coming. It's not the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but if you like those things, mm-hmm. um, you like Paul Bay's aesthetic. Mm-hmm. He was at PodCon. The Big Loop is his new show. There are 16 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's not a, an arc that each episode stands alone, although I think one is like a sequel to a mm. pr- well previous one. Right. Those are all very good, but they're longer. They're like an hour. Right. See, horror But they're is, self-contained stories. Horror is incredibly hard to write. And it's not only horror. Right, which is another element of it. It's like a Twilight Zone situation where some of them are horror, some of them are more Mm -hmm. sci-fi or fantasy even, but but very, very well done Mm. um, and and interesting. So I think, are we done? Yeah, we're done. Are we done? We're finished. Hey, everyone, we got to the end. Uh, We thank you very much for listening. Sorry we ranted. We're hoping next week's episode is better of, the, of Battlestar Galactica. The rant was wonderful. I think our, I think the show was pretty good. I think the episode was pretty meh. So yeah. hopefully they get back on track. I like giving all of them A's. I miss it. <laughs> so let's see if uh, next week's episode can fix it. I've already forgotten what it is called. If not, you know, dun 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 dun. It's out there in space. <laughs> They're looking for a ramp. <laughs> Next week's episode is called Flesh and Bone. Flesh and Bone. And uh, you can find us if you w- want to reach us uh, at Latecomers Pod on Twitter and at latecomerspod at gmail.com for emails. We have a Facebook page and group. Page and group. And we appreciate your listening. We love you very much. Please subscribe. Smash the like button. I don't think that's a thing. We're not a face- we're not a YouTube channel. And smash it. Remember, better, better late, late than, than never. never. I love Zach's cute little face right here. I think we did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>